You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. I believe that there are things that God is preparing us for. And um, there are certain things that there's an aspect that a lot of the body of Christ has lost, which I want to bring to our attention this morning. A lot of Christians today are strangers to this concept. It's simple. It's right there in the scriptures. But the reality is that the way we're living our lives and the way we're approaching life for majority of us, we are not conscious of the fact that we're in a conflict. And so this morning, I want to share what I call the battle-ready believer. The battle-ready believer. If you like, you can say the battle-ready soldier because you're a soldier, right? Yeah. But the military dimension of Christianity is strange to many people. We like everything to be nice and sweet. Come on. <laughs> it's not always like that. There are times like that. But I'm telling you, if we are going to take the land, we need to learn to switch modes. Uh, we need to be battle ready. Must be battle ready. In other words, we need to be trained for battle. We need to be equipped for battle. There's a kind of mindset that we need to develop. Okay? There's a kind of mindset that we need to develop if we are going to fulfill the mandate that God has given to us. Turn with me to the book of Psalm 144. I'll read verses 1 and 2. Psalm 144. It says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Can you see that? Who is talking here? David. Isn't it? And we know that David was a warrior. One of the things that made David popular, what, one of the things that gave him national prominence was when he took, took out Goliath. Okay? Yeah. So he's saying, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war. And my fingers for battle. So David is acknowledging here that God trains him for war. 
How many people is God training today for war? Are you being trained for war? Are you ready to fight? Well, I have news for you. Part of your destiny is to fight. <laughs> it's part of your calling. Yes, it's good to be the bride. But hey, <laughs> you can't be the bride all the time. You have to be a soldier. You have to be a king. You have to go to battle. Brides don't go to battle. Hallelujah. So, the next verse, he says, he says, My loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield, and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. <laughs> this language is strange to many Christians today. Many Christians are looking for the easy way out. Following, always looking for the path of least resistance. Yes? Yeah. Don't want to inconvenience themselves. The slight inconvenience. You know why many Christians complain and murmur and grumble? Because they are civilians. Yeah, it's a civilian mindset that makes people to grumble. Soldiers don't do that. They are trained... They are trained to be hard. They are trained to deal with challenges. And I want you to know that many people have disqualified themselves already from the army of the Lord. By reason of their attitude, by reason of their disposition, by reason of the way they approach life, they are addicted to ease. Now, ease is okay. It's nice when it's time for it. But when it's time to switch, you better be quick to switch. It is true that soldiers are not always at war. There are times of peace. There are times that they are at home with their families. Am I, for, am I correct? Yeah. They are at home with their families, living a normal family life. But then, when the call for battle comes, they have no problem switching. The switch rolls immediately. I'll never forget when I was in Israel, Tel Aviv, that was, around that time, Syria was threatening to bomb Israel. 
So, in fact, some people were saying, are you sure this is a good time to go? And all of that. But I'll never forget talking to the hotel receptionist, a lady. And I asked her, I said, aren't you afraid that Syria is going to bomb you guys? She laughed. She said, ha, ha. No, we are fine. We are safe. She said, if they try any nonsense, we will take them out. And she says, although she's a receptionist, she's been trained. She has had military training. And she says, the moment there's a call, we're ready to fight. She said, she said to me, I've been trained with the best, the latest, sophisticated military equipment. And I remember asking a ta the tax my taxi driver one time, same question. So what do you think about Syria invading? He said, ah, don't worry. We'll sort them out. In fact, before they strike, we will destroy them. He said, we are more ready than they think. And we know where to strike to finish them. That's battle readiness. So they said, look, Israel is the most peaceful place on earth. And I said, what do you mean? They say, yeah, because we are ready to fight. So being ready, it's important. Christians need to be battle ready. We need to be prepared now to take on the enemy if he shows his ugly head. Instead of complaining, instead of grumbling. Huh? Instead of, oh Lord, why do you allow me to go through this? Why not? Why not? He should allow you to go through it. In fact, he should take you through it. Yes, that's the Bible. Look at Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. When the Lord took them out of Egypt, the Bible tells us there, it says, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Did you see that? In other words, God saw a shorter route. Some people think that walking with God means you will always go through the shortest route. Don't be deceived. God is not like that. God doesn't look for shortcuts. Although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see what? War and return to Egypt. Can you see? God saw that these people were not battle ready. He saw that they were not battle ready. So taking them out of Egypt, although God fought, it was God that fought to liberate them from Egypt. They didn't fight. Correct? Yeah. God fought for them and release them from the house of bondage. After 400 years of bondage, God rescues them. 
And God decides, I am not going to take them through the land of the Philistines. Why? Because they are going to have to fight. They are going to have to fight. When they see war, they are going to backslide. They are going to backslide. How many Christians do you know who have backslidden because life was tough? How many people do you know? So many. So many. Why? They're not battle ready. They're not battle ready. And I I have news for you. People, we need to be battle ready. We need to be battle ready. God knew. These guys are going to run away. So what does he do? He takes them through a longer route and they had to cross the Red Sea. Now, there's no going back. Because nobody will open the sea for them to go back to Egypt. (laughs) Yeah. So, they saw the hand of God. They saw the power of God in Egypt. But they had not been trained. They had not been prepared for fight. So God was going to take them through the wilderness to prepare them to fight. So the wilderness was supposed to toughen them. Are you getting me? Yeah. The wilderness is a hard place. You know, many many people that want to go for military training, not everyone makes it. Is that not so? Yeah, not everyone makes it. Some people get disqualified. Some people even die. Just training. So military training, you have to be able to face any, all kinds of conditions. You have to be able to, to survive in the wilderness, for instance. Yeah. Survival skills must be high. You need to be able to survive in the jungle. You need to be able to survive where there is no water. You need to be able to survive where there is heat. You need to be able to survive in the cold. In fact, you need to be able to survive underwater. <laughs> like the American seals. Remember how they took out Osama bin Laden? Just within... How many minutes did they have? My goodness. Precision. Precision. Why? They have been properly trained. I hear that the Marines, I hear that the Marines can, can stay underwater. They are trained. So they have a pipe. They just hold it and they are there under the water. You don't move anyhow. You stay there until time to strike. Somebody say battle ready. ready. Yeah. So all these conditions, they train them. Air, land, sea. Hmm? And so many of us, God is training us and we are complaining. We are complaining. Lord, how can you do this to me? You civilian. (laughs) 
You know, my dad used to be in the, in the, in the, in the military. Sometimes when he's with his friends and they're talking, and he say, you bloody civilian. Excuse the language. <laughs> so you see, there's a way they think. There's a way they approach life. And they can, record, they, they can tell who is, a, is <laughs> quickly they recognize this one is a civilian. This one has not been trained. Has not been trained. So David says, blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Yeah. We need to be trained for war. People, if we're going to take this land, it will take a fight. It will require a fight for us to possess what God is giving to us. Take a battle. But oh, many of us, <laughs> it's like, what are, we, what, what are you talking about? You start something, things get tough, <laughs> you change your mind. You know what that tells me? You're a civilian. Huh? You're a civilian. A civilian mindset. I've told you before how years ago I was going through some things and I was like, I began to pray, seek the Lord. Lord, what, what, is, what's, what have I done? What sin have I committed? Tell me, let me repent. Or what am I supposed to do that I'm not doing? Tell me so that I can start doing it. Because what I'm seeing, it's opposite to what you told me. And I sought the Lord, sought the Lord for three weeks. And at night I was sleeping. Then I heard it. I heard a voice from heaven. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. You know what it says? <laughs> huh? You therefore must endure what? Hardship as a good soldier of Christ. Yeah. You must endure. You, you don't have an option. If you are a good soldier of Christ, get ready for hardship. And you must endure hardship. When things are hard, soldiers don't complain. They just adjust. <laughs> They just adjust. But the civilian, oh, civilians are always whining. They are always grouchy. Huh? And you see many of, many of them in the church. Oh, I've gone through this. Oh, this has happened to me. Oh, what a tragedy. Oh, what is this? Come on, shut up. And grow up. The King James says, endure hardness. Huh? You therefore must, it says, thou therefore endure what? Hardness. hardness 
as a good soldier. So God hardens you. He takes you through situations to make you hard. To make you hard so that when you face the war, when you face the battle, nothing will intimidate you. Nothing will intimidate you. You look at the fire and you walk into it. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they have gone through hardship. Oh, king. <laughs> it doesn't matter, really. Our God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, we are ready to die for what we believe. That's a soldier. That's a battle-ready mindset. Battle-ready mindset. So, you know, many Christians today, if persecution should break out in the land, I am telling you, they will sell out. Why? They're not battle-ready. <laughs> They're not battle-ready. Look at the next verse, verse, verse 4. Verse 4 says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. I think we better read it in the Amplified. From verse 3. Look at it. It says, Take with me your share of the hardships. <laughs> wow. Wow. Have you taken your share? Yes. <laughs> yes. Huh? Hardships and suffering which you are called to endure. Did you see what I said? You are called to endure certain things. So when you shrink back, you are not worthy of the kingdom. I'm telling you, you are not worthy of the kingdom. You disqualify yourself from the kingdom of God. It says, as, as a good first class soldier of Christ. Can you see that? Come on, how many people want to be first class? Yeah, first class soldier of Christ. You need to endure certain things. Oh, well, you know, they, they're, they're making fun of me. You need to develop a thick skin, my friend. Oh, they hate me because of this. Too bad. I'm thick skin. Oh, they don't like me. I don't want to be liked. Yeah. Have you ever seen any soldier trying to be liked? No. He's there to defend his country. It's not there to be liked by the enemy. Why should the enemy like you? Why should you want that? Look at, okay, verse 3. Uh, verse 4, sorry. Verse 4 says, No soldier when in service gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. Civilian. Okay? His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. Is that your aim? 
Is that your aim? Ha! This is in the Bible. It's in the Bible. So you, you, you need to live life. Yes, I know you are the bride of Christ, but hey, you need to be a soldier of Christ. You need to be a soldier of Christ. And not only that, you must be battle ready. So when it's time to switch roles to become a soldier, don't hug the civilian enterprise. That's why in Luke, I think chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus makes a statement there. Jesus makes a statement. He says, no one, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is worthy of the kingdom. This is kingdom stuff. But Jesus said to, to him, no one having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Remember Lot's wife? She was told, run. Don't look back. They are fortunate that angels, if not for Abraham, they wouldn't have had the opportunity to even escape. They say, okay, run for your life. Don't look back. She's running. Everybody's running. Then she turns. Oh, she remembers. My designer. My designer. Uh, clothes. She remembered her Gucci, her bags, her shoes. She's not able to take all these things. Oh, it took me years to gather all these things. That's a civilian mindset. That's a civilian mindset. And you'll find out that when it's time for war, in fact, God gives the Israelites some, some, um, some laws, some warfare principles. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 20. You'll see here that God... <laughs> From verse 1, it says, When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people not more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. Can you see? A soldier must not be afraid. If you are still afraid, you are not battle ready. You are not battle ready. If fear is in your heart, fear has gripped your heart. You can't even believe God. You can't trust God to protect you. You can't trust God. You can't obey God because of fear. You're not ready. You're not ready. He said, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you. Who brought you up from the land of Egypt? Okay? Next verse. He says, so it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. The priest is coming to speak to the people, to the soldiers, before they go to war. Hmm? So there's a place for intercession. Come on. 
the priestly role. There's a place for that to prepare you for battle. Next verse, look at what it says. It says, And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. And do not tremble or be terrified because of them. Can you see? Fear again. So the first spirit that needs to be destroyed is fear. In order to be battle ready, many people won't obey God because of fear. Many people won't step out of the boat because of fear. Many people won't speak to the lost because of fear. Many people won't pray for the sick because of fear. Many people won't obey in giving because of fear. What will happen? What am, how am I going to cope for the rest of the month? That is fear. If God tells you to do it, don't you think he has it all figured out? Yeah. I remember... Years ago in Nigeria, I went to, to church, midweek service, quite a far distance. I'm not sure how many kilometers, <laughs> but uh, from Surulere to Victoria Island, Roland. <laughs> 35 to 40 Ks. All right? I was there in the service. The Lord told me to empty my pocket. Now, I, that was my transport fare. I gave it. And I said, oh, I'm sure the Lord would speak to someone. I came out and I was, okay, who is it, who is it, who is it, Lord, who is it? Nobody. Ha! Everybody was driving off, hey, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Ha! So... How do I get home? <laughs> Guess what? I walked home. Wow. I walked home. Hey, my goodness. My legs were tired. I walked and walked and walked, walked and walked. Went over the, went onto the flyover bridge, walked, walked alone at night. The police stopped me. Where are you going to? I'm going home. Where are you from? From church. How do we know? Look at my Bible. He said, be careful. It's dangerous. I was just walking. Do you know what? I could have started complaining and saying, Lord, can you see what you've done to me? It's your fault now that I have to walk. But hey, he wanted me to endure hardness because sometimes soldiers will walk for many kilometers. Am I correct? Yeah. So I had to. And I did it with joy. Until I got home. By the time I got home, my legs were so sore. The next day, it was, it was a mission to wake up. I got home early hours of the morning. Because I would walk, walk, walk. When I'm tired, I would stop, sit down a bit, walk again. And that's how I continued till I got home. But I did it with joy. I said, Lord, for you, I'll do anything. I'll go through anything because, Jesus, you went through a lot more for me. 
Look at the next verse. He says, he says to them, For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Verse 5. Just, let's just continue going. It says, Then the officers shall speak to the people, saying, What man is there who has built a house and has not dedicated it? What does it say? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle and another man dedicate it. Why does he say that? His heart is divided. That's right. Because, because he has just bought a house, he has not dedicated it. His attention is divided. A soldier must be focused. A house is a civilian matter. Do you understand? And he says, lest he die. So that means many people die because they go to battle with civilian mindset. Then a bullet hits them. Poof! They're gone. Somebody say focus. You need to be focused on the kingdom. You need to be focused on the battle. Don't be divided. Next verse. Look at what he says. Also, what man is there who has planted a vineyard and has not eaten of it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle and another man eat of it. <laughs> it's interesting. God is saying, listen, instead of you becoming a casualty of war, just go home. I can fight this battle without you. Go home, go and take care of your vineyard, wait for it to, wait for harvest time so that you can eat it. But if you are there fighting and you are saying, oh my God, my vineyard, my grapes, oh my, you are gone. Before you know it, chuck, your head is gone. Yeah. And that's what happens to many believers. They are going to battle with a civilian mindset. So should I? Should I not? Should I strike this enemy? Should I not? Ah, should I? And before you know it, you are gone. Are you battle ready? <laughs> okay, all right. Next verse. What did he say? He says, And what man is there who has betrothed, who is betrothed to a woman and has not married her yet? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle and another man marry her. <laughs> I like the Bible. You are engaged and you are going to war. God knows that your mind will be divided. That's a civilian matter. The battlefield is not for marriage. So God says, before you die, just go back home. Go and continue, do your wedding, whatever you want to do. Huh? Why? So you don't die. Huh? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Very interesting, but God is real. God knows. He knows the things that will divide our attention. 
That's why you see Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7 that he, he was saying there that it is better not to marry. He says he that is not married uh, is focused on the things of the Lord. But when the, when the man marries, he's now thinking only of his wife, how to please his wife and all of that. <laughs> but then there's a verse there where he says that he that is married should live as though he's not married. So in other words, don't be so absorbed with marriage that when it's time to fight, you are still thinking of marriage. When it's battle time, consider yourself single. Fight. When you finish, you go back to your wife. Hallelujah. <laughs> Bible is real. Okay, let's read the next verse. I think we'll stop there. It says, Then the officials shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Fear again. This is the third time it's coming up. In just how many verses? Let him go and return to his house lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. So can you see, when it comes to fear, it is transmitted. It is transmitted. It's going to spread. Oh, so you see some people, they're so double-minded, they're so fearful, then you come around them, before you know it, you start feeling like them. A typical example of that is in Numbers chapter 13, where Moses sent the 12 spies. They go to the land, and they see the land, and they say, oh, the people, the people are of great stature. We are not able to take the land, because the people are, 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 are mightier than us. Except Joseph, um, Joshua and Caleb, the, the, the ten were not battle ready. Joshua and Caleb said, no, no. They encouraged the people. Let's look at it. Um, let's look at Numbers. I think we'll close with that. Let's look at Numbers chapter 13. Or maybe we can, yeah, let's, let's look at chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. In chapter 14, you will see that Joshua and Caleb were battle ready. The others were not. <laughs> Sorry, 13. Let's, let's, let's read verse 30. Then Joshua quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. They are not battle ready. And God was angry with them. Look at what God says in chapter, in chapter 14. In chapter 14, um, the people were upset. And look at what um, 
Caleb says to the people in verse 9, he says, Only do not rebel against the Lord. No, let's read verse 8. It says, If the Lord delights in, in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Then verse 9, it says, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are what? Our bread. Our bread. <laughs> when you are battle ready, the enemy becomes your bread, your breakfast. Ha! I eat giants for breakfast. That's a battle-ready. That's a battle-ready believer. That's a battle-ready soldier. He's not scared of the enemy. I don't care what giant is before you. The giant might be, it might be an incurable disease. Let me tell you, don't be afraid of it. Take it on. Hallelujah. It might be a giant of death. Take it on. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of any giant. Every promise that God has given to us will require a fight. It will require a fight. They are bread. They are our bread. He says their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. That's a battle-ready believer. God has prepared them. And you don't, you, 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 you don't want to be, uh, what's the word they call in military? A wall. When it's, when it, huh? when they call, when it's time for battle, you run away. A deserter. They will court-martial you. Yeah. You will be court-martialed. And you can die for that. So get ready. We're going to fight for the soul of this land. Amen. Do you understand? We need to fight for our descendants. We need to fight for our families. We need to fight for our destinies. We need to fight for Midrand. We need to fight. Are you battle ready? It's time to get battle ready. Get ready to fight. Get ready to fight. I, I want to... Wanna, as a king, you need to know you are anointed for battle. There is an anointing upon you to fight. Don't, don't begin to hug your civilian staff when it's time to fight. Don't. If it's time to wake up early and pray and fight, you do it. If it's time to fast, you do it. If it's time to pray, you do it. If it's time to go out, you do it. It's not about convenience. It's about obedience. So whatever God is asking us to do, we need to be ready to do it as a people. Why? Because God wants to manifest His power. He wants to manifest His glory in this land. But we must be battle ready. Must be battle ready. Be ready with your sword, your sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's, the weapons that we're going to fight with is not carnal weapons. 
They're spiritual weapons. For pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and imaginations. Causing them to be subject to the obedience of Christ. You must be ready. I think I need to start preparing for battle. Yeah. Because there are some things we need to take on. There are some giants we need to begin to take on. Do you understand? Do you know that poverty is a giant? Do you know that crime is a giant? Violent crime is a giant. Do you know that AIDS is a giant? Hallelujah. Yeah, corruption is a giant. Yeah, there are a lot of giants in the land. But the church is busy playing church. Busy doing pedicure and manicure. When we should be taking our armor and looking for the giant, cut off his head, cut off Goliath's head like David. But no, we want to be, you know, just... We want to go into the spa, relax, go have your massage. Come on. <laughs> when it's time for war, you're going to massage Palo. Go to the spa. You're going to the spa. Your head will. <laughs> your head will roll. Yeah. I'm telling you, that is our problem. Yeah. And like I said from the beginning, majority of the church. It's not that this is new stuff. They know, but who cares? Who cares? Just play church. Just be religious. Hmm? And then the giants are busy all over subduing the land. Taking souls. Plundering the land. Principalities are ruling over the city. Nobody is taking them on. We are afraid. May God have mercy on us. Let's stand up on our feet and let's talk to the Lord. I want you to ask the Lord to make you battle ready. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.